On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are joined in studio by Annette Hom from CHCH's Morning Live, and we have things to talk about. We're going to be chatting about the Amber Alert system. We're going to be chatting about coronavirus. We're going to be chatting about a place in the States that you may want to visit if you are overburdened by technology. And of course, because Annette Hom is here, Hamilton's leading proponent of all things Disney, we'll of course be chatting Disney as well. Stick around. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Let me introduce... Annette Hom. Now, I don't want to say introduce. That's, that's a stupid word. Everyone knows who Annette Hom is. Hello. Uh, co-host or host or star, star no. of CHCH Morning <laughs> Live, who is usually long asleep by now because no, you were telling no, me you get up at 2.30. Everybody thinks that, but I have a nap in the afternoon. 2.30 you get up yeah, in the morning? Yep. We start at 3.30. But we're finished work at 11.30. Yeah, I know, but awesome. still 2.30. Yeah, and then I have a little, went out for a nice lunch today, have a little nap, and now I'm on the radio. And we have many things to get to, Annette, I want to start with this. Um, were you woken up the other day with the, uh, with the Amber Alert? Amber Alert? No, I sleep with my phone in another room. So, because I, am a, I can't, I sleep so little, right? That, that I, it's I was like I say, can't afford to have my phone go off for, for anything, not necessarily for that, but like for calls or, or notifications or whatever. Yeah, you would be the person who would not want to be interrupted, and and understandably so. I I am a huge fan of the concept of the Amber Alert. I think it's really important. I think it's really... Clearly, there have been times that we've seen that it's worked, Mm -hmm. that it's led to children being found and recovered. But I still go to the point that I've said since we started this thing, which seems to run into a brick wall every time, that I, I think this system can use some tweaking to be better. Not to be eliminated, not to complain that somebody was woken up. I Like, yeah, yes, it does scare the living snot out of me when that <laughs> goes off at <laughs> yeah. midnight and I'm about to fall asleep. I, but okay, that's, you know, be that as it may. But imagine that's your kid. And that's why I, I would never complain about it. But I think that, like, with this particular case... And this is why I think, as I say, when I think about, you know, tweaking this, the story that we've heard from this, which is very puzzling, is that this boy was taken 16 hours before. Mm-hmm. And I'm truly having a hard time saying, okay, so is there a, what benefit was there 16? He could have been, now they found him nearby, but he could have been in South Carolina within 16 hours. By that time. It, it just... Somehow, so when did the alarm go out? Was it at midnight? uh, Just after midnight, and he had gone missing. Well, he had been abducted at eight thirty. Yeah, in the morning. And here's the puzzling part about this to me: the stories that we're hearing, and again, they are confusing Mm because we're not. There's a lot of stuff we don't know, and I get that from the police. They're not going to tell their every bit of information they have because there's still an investigation going on. Exactly. So I get they're not going to say everything, but what we have heard is that at eight thirty a.m. or so. There were witnesses who saw him being dragged into a car screaming, help me, help me. Is that not sufficient information to say something bad has happened and we saw a black car? So the Amber Alert, I understand, is for kids. But if you've seen a kid, even if you don't know who it is, being dragged into a car, would Mm -hmm. that not have been the time to say black Jeep? License plate, such and such. In this area, yeah. child believed to be abducted. And do we know if somebody did call then? 
Oh, well, the police, yes, the police went to the area, but they allegedly couldn't figure out who the child was, as I understand it, because it was not reported. The school didn't call the parents or something. There was a delay in absentee notification, right? So the, something like that. So the parents found out. At 5.30 they already six. They already knew that he hadn't come home. And then after that... They, they got the notification that he hadn't been in school, in the, at least in the afternoon. Right. And so the police then go and look for him because he, he could be a runaway. He could be at his friend's house. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't necessarily want to pull the alarm just because a child, I mean, heaven knows when I was in elementary school or middle school, I may have gone to my friend's house and not told my parents one day, you don't mm-hmm. want a police search every time a kid goes to his friend's house without telling mom or dad. But if you've got a kid being yanked into a car screaming, help me, even if it's a lark, that seems like a big enough deal to... Yeah. But then it's, it's too, it's, it's piecing together with police. How do they know that the child who's missing is the child who was But does it matter? That? That's my yeah. point. Yeah. At the, I mean, just while we were sitting here, and I have no idea what it was for, your station is up on the TV in the studio and they put up a picture As I'm of, sure they are all the time, right? Not it just is. When no, I'm it is here. always here. Okay, but Kristen French, her face was up on there. I don't even know what the story oh, was because, that they were doing. Oh, uh, because the province made a announcement at the, there's... Um, there's a child center that's named for Kristen okay. French, and that's where the announcement was made on human trafficking. But it seems like a perfect example when the the story that we know from back then yes. about Kristen French being yeah. dragged into a car fighting to get in. If someone had seen her, and I believe if I recall correctly, they did, people did see or saw something mm-hmm. of Kristen. But remember the confusion there of, of what car, what kind of car she got dragged into? Remember, everybody thought that it was a, com- a, a Camaro, gold, gold Camaro, Camaro, right? Which all got stopped for, the, but nonetheless, we, someone sees a young girl being dragged into a car. Mm-hmm. My point on this is, is it, is it, would we have wanted to wait 16 hours for someone to find out who she was, or would we just want to say a child has been abducted in this kind of car, please keep your eyes out. That's what, it's not about the Amber Alert noise going off. I don't, I don't care about the Amber Alert noise going off. I'm fine with that. I want to help find the kids. Mm -hmm. It just seems this, this system is. But if the noise didn't go off. Would you know that it was even on your phone? Because we get bombarded with Oh, no, I wanted the noise to go off at 9 Mm a.m. I wanted the police to say somebody may have been abducted. Please be looking for this black Jeep while they probably are still in the area. And while there's a chance you may find them. Because yes, the kid was found not too, too, too far away. Found in a barn. But if this had been a parent or if this had been someone who had Paul Bernardo type purposes or Mm -hmm. ideas... Who knows where they are by the time 16 hours has gone by? I, 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 I just don't think it's working as well as it could be. And How do you tweak it, though? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. We're going to solve traffic, this during the commercial. We're gonna, well, we're, no, we're going to come back and <laughs> hey. see if there is some idea of a way to tweak it. In the meantime, Radley at 900CHML.com, if you have an idea of a way that could make this thing better, because I think it's a great thing that could be greater. And it's not about eliminating it. It's not about complaining about it. It's about how do we make this a system that truly is the best kind of system. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Studio with Annette Hom from CHCH Morning Live, now doing CHCH Evening Live. That should be... Radio Live. Radio Live, (laughs) yes. To take over the world. (laughs) Annette Hom, media world domination. Uh, We've been chatting about the... Amber alert that went off the other day. 
which if you're just tuning in, we're, we're not, uh, neither Annette nor I are complaining about the Amber Alert going off. It's a terrific system. It's an important system. It's something that frankly should have been in place a long, long time ago. And I don't really know why it hasn't been, but that doesn't mean that it can't be improved. And what we were talking about before the break was the 16 hour window between this boy in Toronto being abducted, 14-year-old, and the Amber Alert going out, which seems to me kind of undercuts the purpose of this thing. And I don't know all the rules about when they can do it or not, but you mentioned during the break, you said, but what about the Pickering, n- the night that the yeah. Pickering nuclear... Now, that was, was that, a, that wasn't an Amber Alert. Was it an Amber Alert or well, was it Well, it was the similar... same sound. Okay. So for all intents and purposes, whether it was Amber Alert or not, it was an Amber Alert because yeah. it's the exact same notification And that system. was on a Sunday morning, right? In middle of the night. It was l- middle of the night enough that when people looked at their phones for that one. No, you- no, it must have been early morning because I remember I was out on a hike and I I would have had my phone open before then and it didn't come in. And I was on my hike. I was about to take a picture and I opened up my phone and I'm like, oh, there's a nuclear. <laughs> a nuclear just, meltdown well, happening. Well, now what do I do? <laughs> Do I run to my car? <laughs> and so you've got, the, and, and if you, in the follow-up to this, you saw, you probably saw the story. Many people listening probably heard the story or saw the story in the last few weeks when they looked into this and they discovered that nobody at the nuclear plant knew how to turn off the... It was a human error uh, yeah. on a, during a test. But no one knew how to undo it once it had been sent. So again, a a glitch kind of thing in the system that... And that one, I mean, to me, that one was more egregious because a child missing, I think we can all get on board with trying to help. What am I supposed to do when I wake up at two in the morning or whenever the heck it was and I read in my groggy eyes that Pickering is melting down? Like, how long does nuclear waste take to get to Hamilton from Pickering? Do I need to flee? (laughs) You're remembering that show from the 80s. What was it? The The day after? Yeah, the day after. The day after, yes. What did they do then? Yeah, hide under, hide under, well, before then it was hide under your school desk. Your desk, Because yeah. no nuclear waste or radiation we'll will there. permeate your desk. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I just, as I say, I look at this thing and I just think I, I, I get no sense. I, I'd every, like to know what the protocol is for them to call an Amber Alert. Because there, there must be a lengthy list of things that you have to go through in order to make a case an Amber Alert. But should that be be the case. And, and again, I go back to this particular example. And so you, you're, I know you're right. There is a protocol for sure. I don't have the whole thing in front of me. Mm-hmm. But if the protocol requ- it takes long enough that at times it could be 16 hours, that seems to me just to be I d- I, too I, long. I doubt though that it was the protocol that took that long. I, I just wonder if it was the investigation figuring out, you know, maybe, you know, maybe police thought maybe he is at a friend's, Right. But they had the witnesses who saw him being taken into a car and screaming. But did they know it me. was him? No, but my point is, why does that matter? Why would you oh, not could just have been anybody. put something so, out okay. saying, young yep. black male has been dragged into a black Jeep. If you see a black Jeep in this area, it, we, it is believed to possibly be an abduction. And you want to know something? I truly believe that 99% of people are in favor of the Amber Alert and 999 would be in favor of an immediate kind of thing as mm-hmm. opposed to a lot of questions. Again, people may be complaining, but saying, okay, why is it going off at midnight mm-hmm. and scaring the crap out of me when this thing happened at 8.30 in the morning? Maybe this is the case, though, that makes it better afterwards. I hope. I know. I hope. I hope because 
it, it would seem to me that it is such a useful, everyone's got a cell phone now. Mm-hmm. It's such a wonderful, possibly possibility, such a wonderful tool that you could capture, not capture, find kids who are missing. But if it's, boy, if it's five hours, six hours, and they're always like long time periods, which may go to the protocol, but seems to defeat the purpose to me of, of yeah. getting, let's get something quick happening here. Now, I haven't heard yet. Um, do they know if it was Amber Alert information that led police I haven't to heard that, that barn? I haven't heard that. And I'd be a little surprised because by the sounds of it, the barn was like out in the middle of nowhere. It was and in Caledon, right? But yep. was it close to where, oh no, it wasn't close to where the, the Jeep was found burned out. No. And and so, look, I I, I just, I, I would hope that this is one of those things that they're working on. But every time it seems that anybody raises any kind of discussion about this, the only thing that gets discussed is the people who complain because they woke up yes. and they're angry. Yeah. And that is like... Okay, let's leave those idiots aside. All right. I don't have any time for those people who you woke me from my nap and therefore I'm going to be upset. It is a missing child. But let's not get the tweaking of this thing lost in the idiots. And that seems to always be the case that every time this discussion comes up, we just talk about the morons who are bent out of shape. You're talking about them now. Well, no, but uh, because they, they suck up all the oxygen yeah. when we know when this conversation comes up. And so... And you hope you, that we don't get to a point where we get very complacent about these things coming in too, right? And I think that when they happen repeatedly at midnight when nobody can do anything about it, and it's been so many hours, I think we do get complacent. What am I supposed to do when I'm in bed at midnight? Mm-hmm. If I was driving to work, if it's 9 a.m., it's rush hour, and it pops up in my car and it says, Black Jeep... Now I feel empowered that I may, okay, I'm going to, I guarantee you if this had come up at 9 a.m. because there had been a child that had been taken away with help me, help me, every single person who was in their car would have looked at every single car around them, wherever they were, mm-hmm. to see if they saw a I black I find them Jeep. highly effective when you see them on the highway signs, right? Where they've yeah. got Amber Alert and you they're look. looking for, uh, and then, yeah, you're looking at every car around you. What am point. I supposed to do yeah. in my bed at midnight? And I'm not being unsympathetic, there's not much I can do, but if you can get it to me when I'm useful, boy, what a tool it can be. Hey, but what if you, what if you remember that, hey, my next door neighbor has a Jeep that looks like that? Yes. Um, though if that's the case, how many black Jeeps are there in the world? Are you really good? Cause you're going to now well, say. This one was very distinctive though, right? Well, With the, the description that they gave. Anyways. No, no, it's, it's, it's valid points. I, I hope they keep tweaking. I really do because mm-hmm. I think it can be something very useful, but. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Brightest conversation in Hamilton radio is what we like to call this. And so we bring in the big guns to hold up that end of the bargain. And, and you didn't no, have any, so you asked no, me. No, no, no. And, and I think <laughs> if not the last time, the time before that Annette was here, it was for eating hamburgers. So it's, yes. this is a real Pete step down for Annette. Yes, yep. yes. Um, is today, uh, do I, well, do I wish you a happy International Women's Day? Is it today? It's supposed to be Sunday, right? It's Sunday. I've heard a lot of people saying it's today. There's a lot of confusion, but it's this weekend. See, and I thought it was yesterday because yesterday was the internet or the, uh, Women of Distinction Awards for the YWCA Hamilton. One way or another. It's yes. International Women's Day this weekend, it whether it's today or tomorrow day. or Saturday. I, I agreed. And I want to, I want to dive into your world for a second here because I've been seeing in the last week or so, an awful lot of media outlets 
congratulating themselves because they've got special things coming up this week, this weekend with all women. And I'm, I'm a little skeptical or a little cynical about this. I'll tell you why in a second. But how, how do you think the media does as far as, I don't mean covering women. I mean, as far as employing or using in a positive way with women in the media. I don't see it's so bad in Canadian media, but I cannot watch American stations where every news anchor apparently doesn't have the ability to wear sleeves. (laughs) It's it's like, what is that? See, it's funny you say that because if I said it, it was sexist, but I'll let you say that then. No, I'm like, like, is there a directive or of what they're to wear? And I I shake my head at that one. It's okay. So... What has caught me as I've been hearing about all this and thinking more, I mean, it has at least made it front of mind for me to be thinking about this, is yes, there are a lot more women, it seems, working in the media, especially, te- and we're talking about television now, yeah. especially because that's, you know, that's your world, as I say. But the flip side of this is when I tune into most of these, not most, many, maybe most, there seems to be a correlation between ability and beauty still that so many, if you, once upon a time, someone I found, I think it was my wife, but it may have been someone else made the quip that said, you know what, do you realize that the only women who know anything about sports are all beautiful because everyone who's on TV is beautiful. And it's like, I'm not arguing that it's not nice to look at good-looking people. But yet all the guys who are on TV aren't necessarily handsome. Exactly. Exactly. And it seems to me that many of the men who age on TV don't necessarily age to get better looking. Some guys, I guess, can look more distinguished as they get older, but some of them yeah. just look like shoe leather at a certain and point with toupees. And it's never a problem for men no. to get older, but yeah, yeah. And I've... so if you, so my question is, if you have more women on TV, we'll leave newspapers and radio mm-hmm. aside for a second because it's not as visual a thing. Yes. If you have more women on TV, but the criteria to get yourself on TV still remains... To be young and beautiful. It, are we really any no. further ahead? No. And and I look at, at management at most stations, too. Very few, very few female top managers. Why? I, I don't know why. The problem for me with this is I'm not excluding or I'm not separating the fact that an attractive person can also be an intelligent person. Mm. But when every person looks like they came right off the runway from Miss Universe... And you then know that the reason you are on TV, or at least suspect, is because of how you look, not because of your credentials. Now there, I would... Yeah, I'm there saying, are, there are not, many beautiful women with lots of great credentials. And, and I'm saying, I'm not separating yes. the two. I'm yeah, not okay. saying they're mutually exclusive. But I'm saying when every single person just about looks like they've just come off a model runway, mm-hmm. you become... you. To me, I start to go, okay, so are you really there because you are really good at what you do or, and it, to me, it raises the questions and it, and it cuts into unfairly, I grant you unfairly cuts into the credibility of the woman at times because I say, are you really there because you're a great political analyst or because you look really nice? I put that on the viewers too, because so many times it's, um, it's like, um, 
women will be critiqued on, like, I've been slammed for my haircut, the way I dress, the way, you know, and I'm like, you're not, you're not doing that to Bob. You're not doing that to Tim or Brian. Right. And I've heard that from many people. I think Leslie Stewart told me that yes, once yeah. that that's that she it, in times back people questioned her outfits or, or, um, oh, oh, I can't believe I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, she used to be on your morning show, but passed away. Um, Nicola. Nicola. Thank mm-hmm. you. Sorry. I can't really believe I forgot her name. Uh, I remember her saying that, that, yep. th- that she used to get that too. And it's, it, it just seems. And sadly, most of those complaints are from other women. <laughs> Well, that then cuts into my complaint that this is just a chauvinistic (laughs) thing. It's universal. So why are the women complaining? Why are the women complaining about other women? Why do they care what they look like? I I don't know. Wouldn't wouldn't most women... uh, Okay, generalization, horrible generalization. Most guys, when you see Brad Pitt or someone, you're not saying, hey, I want you to get better looking because then it makes me look worse. Wouldn't most women want the people on TV not to be better and better looking? Because then it, wouldn't they say, hey, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know why you would call up or write and, and say, you need to do something else to look oh, better. Oh, yeah. It's, I've got advice from all kinds of people on all kinds of things that I, I just laugh and delete. <laughs> all right. Let us take a break. And when we come back, I want to continue with this for a second because it is International Women's Day. And, and as I say, there's been so much stuff about this, but do we want... I mean, the the alternative to this, Annette, is do we want not attractive people on TV? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Annette Hom from CHCH Morning Live in studio. We're talking about, well, tied into International Women's Day, the, what's the word, Annette? The commonplace, the, the commonality of the, so many women, it seems, who are on TV have a certain look. Model esque, and just before oh, the break. Oh, thank you. <laughs> absolutely, but before the break, we were saying. So the flip side, though, is if we're if if we're pointing out that so many women who make it on TV, if not are hired for the look, certainly that creates the 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 thought perhaps that you are because they there's so many that look a certain way. Do we want? This is the problem with it. Do we then want to say, well, we're not going to pay any attention to your looks on TV? And we do that with guys, I suppose, right? Don't we? We don't really care what it, do. We, do we care, honestly, what guys on TV look like? Some of the guys I work with really care what they look like on TV. No, I didn't say. I didn't say. Yeah. Do they care what yeah, they look like? Yeah. I said because viewers I mean, care. I would hope that everybody, when they leave their house, is trying to at least make themselves look decent, whether you're on TV mm-hmm. or not. You don't want to go out looking your worst. So I would hope that the men would want to look as good as they can. But there's no requirement that a guy look like Brad Pitt to use the same name again before he gets a spot on TV. Is there? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think think the same thing applies with guys. But I I have to say, I work with a lot of beautiful women who are very, very qualified. And to go back to my point, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive, Mm -hmm. but I think that it's, the point that was made was it's unusual perhaps that you will have such a constant, uh, such a consistent look that you, there was a, I mean, this is one of those awkward conversations because if you say, well, there was this woman who was on TV and she was really homely. I mean, like that sounds, you know, you can't say that because that's really mean, but there have been some very outstanding women on TV who have not fit the model mold. 
They don't but seem do to stick around, to be, though. They shouldn't be models. They shouldn't be models. They're just really good at their job. They were great political comp, uh, commentators or great sports commentators, but so many of the times they don't seem to stick around or as they age, they are cycled out into some other thing or whatever. I, As I say, I just it, it seems to me that as we're celebrating International Women's Day and we're pointing to all these women who are, and we're just talking about the media right now, I, I, I just, I question whether we're really celebrating women's achievements rather than achievements perhaps tied with appearance or still appearance is such a yeah, huge part I mean, of this. This is an issue that we deal with year round in media. And and again, I don't think it's a guy thing. I can, uh, I'm not going to mention names because again, I think it would be wildly unfair and very mean, but I could name off 15 guys that are on TV in Canada and the States who you would look and say, if you're a woman, I'm pretty sure you're not on the air right now. As far as you're not, you're not looking the part is all I'm saying. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know why the difference, but again. It's something that still has to be, still has to be conquered. How do you, how do you conquer it? How do you, how do you convince people that we don't, could, could TV stations ever hire without an on-air test? Would you want to? Yeah, but is that, that test just isn't what you look like. No, but it's part of it. You know, like the show. A lot of the test is, is what you sound like. Which, which would be ideal. I mean, I look at the show, I'm not a big fan of the show, The Voice, but I've always thought of all the reality singing shows on TV, The Voice is the best one because you don't see the person until you've decided. That's the one where they're in the bizarre costumes. No, 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 no. That's the one where your back is turned. So you just hear the voice. What's the other one? The Mass Singer. The Mass Singer. Singer. That one's, okay, that one could do it too. I don't watch a lot of. No, no. If it's on after seven o'clock, I don't tend to see it. But the voice one, your back is to them. So you're deciding if they are good entirely on their ability. Yes. There is nothing else thrown in. Their ability exclusively determines whether or not you choose to move them along in the show. Could you do that with hiring for TV where you don't even see who the person is? You can hear their report. You can decide if what they've done is competent and is really good. But you know what? At the end of it, will it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what they why, look Why like. couldn't you do that? On I don't know why you couldn't. Yeah. Is there a reason why you couldn't? I, I don't think that there is. So why wouldn't someone do that? Or is that just too obvious a question? I, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it seems to me that I, I don't think that there's anybody who, and I don't want to take shots. I mean, I, look, I'm not saying every guy who runs a TV station is a misogynist pig. I don't mean that whatsoever. But I don't think anyone's ever going to hire someone for TV without seeing them. And as soon as you see them, you are naturally going to be affected, I would think, by what they look like. But is it the medium, though? Would you hire a radio person without hearing them? It's a good point. And I would say probably not. I would say probably not. Very tough one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is because it's. It, I think that it creates a, it does create an unfair playing field because if you look a certain way, you may not get a chance, but if you look another way that fits the mold, you may not get the respect or the credibility because people say, well, you're only there because you're good looking. Mm -hmm. And neither one is a fair, there are beautiful people who are great at their job. There are beautiful people who aren't great at their job. I don't know how you undo that. It's at every job. It is at every job. 
almost every job. <laughs> You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Annette Hom from CHCH, who is here for two hours today. Always thrilled to have Annette here, but as I said off the top of the show, if you're just joining us, sometimes difficult because of the hours that she leads. 2.30 wake-up call, 3.30... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but you talk about the weekend Friday night. See, my weekend starts Friday at noon. Yes, I know. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, do, you do pitch a good sales job for <laughs> why your job is great. And, you know, and, and the fact that they bring in food almost every day and... Every day, Tim Hortons is there. Well, I don't mean for that. I mean, just oh. all well, that too. Oh, but all the cooking segments, the show, yeah. On the show. Yes. That, uh, um, I, I know that I watched... Um, boy, it was back around, I guess, Valentine's. There's a chocolate place that... Um, you and I have a mutual friend, uh, Angela Saklamakis, oh, yes, yes. who works with them, and they were they brought stuff onto your show, and I was watching, going, "Wait, you get to do that for work every day?" It's a very tough job. Very and tough. I, and I see Bob drinking a lot of wine and whiskey in the mornings. Now, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm physically cut out to be drinking whiskey at 7:30 in the morning, but. But when you've been up that long. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. It's, you know, it's 5.30 somewhere. It's all relative. Or 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> or 6 o'clock or 1 o'clock or who knows. But yeah, I, you know, I wonder how many people Bob has motivated to wake up, make their coffee and pour in <laughs> two want, sh- a couple I shots of something. Of <laughs> I need Bailey's at 7 a.m. every day, every work day, just to get me through. All right. Let me. Uh, let me I think your... he spills more than he drinks though. Is it? Oh, he's a spiller. We tease him because no. we know where he's been in the hallway because it's like, because he runs, right? We're running to get back on the show in the studio in time and you'll know, see a coffee, trail of coffee. Oh, it's coffee. If you spill coffee, that's fine. It's if you're spilling like expensive ice wine oh, yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, it's never spilled. Then never you got the producers who are crawling behind, licking up the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get any of this. We want ours. We share with the crew. Are you... um? Since this has been all anybody's been talking about today, are you freaked out by the coronavirus? No. Thank you. I, I, we're supposed to be. Although I was, I got to tell you, I was a little freaked out. I went Monday to get groceries and, and I thought, I'm not normally getting groceries on a Monday afternoon. And I thought, wow, maybe this is a restock day. And then I realized what was missing, right? Dry pasta, canned goods. And I'm like, oh man, people are hoarding stuff. Shelves were empty. It is... Uh, and I, I hear Costco is as more of a zoo than it normally is. There is a tweet. I have to share this tweet only because I... Um, and people are sucking up on toilet paper. So why, thank you for bringing that why up. Why is it toilet paper? So OJ Simpson sent out a tweet today. And you're going to validate this. Well, <laughs> I, I mentioned it beca- for two reasons. One, because it's hilarious. Not what he said, because what someone else said. Okay. But it's a picture of him wearing a mask at Costco with a skid of what looks like about 400 rolls of toilet paper oh, and bottled water. I don't know if OJ Simpson is having gastrointestinal problems or what. Like, if 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 coronavirus takes over the world, is there going to be a run on toilet paper? And But is that even a symptom of coronavirus? I don't know, but apparently he's decided it is. I think I thought OJ it was like breathing problems and I you thought. sweat profusely and high temperature and... Maybe everything else at this Costco was taken off the shelves and all that was left was bottled water and toilet paper, so he decided to stock yeah. up. Anyway, so he sends out this tweet, and again, I, I generally will not um, 
validate O.J. Simpson's Twitter feed, but he's got a picture of him standing out there, and then he's got coronavirus, who's afraid? And someone (laughs) immediately (laughs) tweets back, statistically, I have a better chance of being killed by you than the virus. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm not laughing at coronavirus. I'm with you, though, Annette. I, I... I am finding it, as people know, if they've been listening to the show, I'm finding it very difficult to get caught up in the hysteria about this. And I think it is a hysteria now. Although I'll admit, because we, you know, we we get uh, an email right away from the Ontario Ministry of Health at work, right? And when I see a new one, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, there's another case. And then I, like, for a minute, I'm like, oh, should I start worrying? But what would, how would we react to this? How would we react in general because right now we are, and it's you and it's me and it's the media, it's everybody, it's all of us. We're all to blame for this equally. Every day we're saying there's been three new cases in Ontario. There's been five new cases in Ontario. What if every day to start our newscasts, whether here on CHML or at the spec or at CHCH, we started today in Ontario, there have been 4,000 new cases of the flu, of the 600 flu, yeah. new cases of cancer diagnosed. Yeah. If we went through the list of all the things that are going on, coronavirus would be way, 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 way down the list of things. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing the fact that for those who get it, it's troubling and that it's something we definitely have to deal with. I'm not saying it's not a thing, but it seems the hysteria has eclipsed reality at this point. Mm-hmm. Perspective. Maybe in China, I would feel differently where it's, although they say now, oh, we've got it under control. This is the same place that didn't tell anyone about it for like six weeks ahead of time. I, forgive me if I'm a little skeptical about China's word on whether they've got coronavirus under control. But I, 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 if, if we were to outline every case of every illness that people have sustained night after night after night in this province, I think we would probably be about least concerned about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It's new and it's yes. scary. Yes. And and right away, like when when I first, I remember in December when I first saw the stuff, like, oh, there's a new SARS-like virus. Yes. Like, that scared me, right? Except what happened with SARS? I mean, it, it came on and it was crazy and everybody was terrified of it. And the number of people who actually died of SARS was not very large in the end. I don't think that the, I don't think the number of people who ultimately passed away... Well, no, the number of people who have died of coronavirus is now higher than the number of people who died of SARS. Uh, Yes, coronavirus has already killed more people than SARS, it says. So that's true. But again, SARS was supposed to be the thing that was going to wipe everybody out. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, Ebola a year ago was supposed to cross the ocean and everybody was going to be killed by Ebola and H1N1, swine flu. and, And again, it's not that these things don't exist and it's not that they're not serious and it's not that they're not things we have to take very seriously. And, but the people who are lining up to clear out Costco of everything they have, because I'm, I'm, I just find that hard. And then when our federal health minister says, it would be good if you would stock up, I'm not sure that's helping either. Yeah. yeah. Because sto- like, what is stocking up? There's like stocking up, like I can go for a couple, because it's, it's, it's meant to be like, if, if you have to self-isolate and you have to self-isolate for 14 days. Right. So it's stocking up for a couple of weeks. I, I would argue already in, in North America, most households have more than two weeks of supplies in their house. Well, people who are buying case upon case upon case of bottled water, if you are self-quarantined for 14 days, do they, taps do they turn work? off your taps? 
Yes. Why, why do you suddenly need to have enough bottled water to last you through the apocalypse? I, I, I've not understood this part. Like it's people are loading up on stuff. And again, like the toilet paper. Are we stopping producing toilet paper with the coronavirus? It's a coughing thing. Kleenex, if anything, yeah. would seem to make a lot more sense. Anyway. What I take away from this is, has nobody been washing their hands or disinfecting their hands before this happened? It's like everybody's washing their hands now. Well, that's that, good. That, that's that, good. that is a, a, a great point as well. And I will, I will grant you, even though, as I've said, I'm not really caught up in the hyperbole or the, the, the hysteria, in our office of the spectator, they have those machines, the hand sanitizing okay, machines. Yeah. And yeah, over the last few days, I have used them more. Did they just put them in recently? No, they've been okay. there, but I've used them more. But I think the reason is because I've just noticed them now, because I think, to be honest, they've someone has moved them more into the middle of the, so I see it. And, but then I think, you know what? Anytime I walk by a hand sanitizing machine and I notice it wherever I am, yes, I usually use it. It's not because all of a sudden I'm worried that everyone around me... Who was the woman that was just on, it doesn't matter if it's a woman, but the person, she's an official, a government official in the States, I think it was. Oh, and licking her fingers. Who and, says the, uh, the thing to do is don't get used to not touching your mouth or face or and eyes. And was using her fingers. Uh, and licking her finger to turn the page. To turn a page. It's like, uh, okay, so even you don't obviously think this is, anyway, it's not that it's not a thing and... Clearly, if you are an older person who's got some health problems. Because that seems, it seems like underlying health problems, yes. right? Or, and that to me, Annette, is really where this thing, where to me the hysteria loses the, goes off the rails. Yes. Because you think if if it was something like the Spanish flu that went through, Or right? the bubonic plague or something. Right, where, where it was like young, healthy people Anybody. were getting it and dying, then that would... And some people are yes. with the coronavirus. Some people are, but they're saying most people who are getting very ill or dying, who are not recovering, are people who have underlying health mm-hmm. issues. Who probably would have those same issues if they got the regular flu. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to go and line up and pull the O.J. Simpson here and buy every roll of toilet paper available in the province. I'm going to Fortina's right after this. <laughs> I'm just I'm very puzzled by the toilet, the run on toilet paper. I know. The toilet, toilet paper. paper? I got to look it up. I see if the toilet paper companies have put out warnings <laughs> to try and, it was like in the old days with Tickle Me Elmo. We're only going to produce so much, so, so you better buy it. <laughs> and, well, we're only putting out so many rolls this month, so you better buy it now. We're going to create a fake run on toilet paper. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. I cannot hear the word plaid anymore without thinking of the greatest musical ever. I'm not a big musical, but Forever Plaid. If you ever seen the movie? Oh, seen? it's very good. It's a great. Yes. That and Les Mis, and if you could have Les you know, Plaid. I have never seen Come Les on. Mis. I haven't seen the movie. Come I haven't on. seen the play. No. Do you, know, I, do you I, know the music? Yes. Okay, so you know, it's not like you're completely isolated from bubble. all culture. No. No, I see, <laughs> see, I see a lot of theater, but I haven't seen Les Mis. Really? Yeah. The, uh, if you have access on your TV to any of the PBS stations, if you, in your cable package, if the, keep an eye because they did a 25th, I think, anniversary of Les Mis with all in O2 Arena in London one time. And it's like four hours long. 
if you ever get a chance to watch it, just crack open a bottle of wine and sit down. It's it's okay. unbelievable. I I'm not. A, I don't. I didn't like Cats. Oh, I thought yeah. Cats was horrible. Yeah. I wasn't a I fan. I like Cats and I like musicals, but I don't like Cats and musicals. No, I, well, I didn't like the play, cat, the musical <laughs> yeah. Cats. I didn't love Phantom of the Opera. I didn't really like oh, that. Oh, I did. I didn't like Miss Saigon. I've seen a lot of them and I was like, nah. But Les Mis is the one that, uh, you know. And, and and I haven't seen Frozen now that Hamilton's um, Levy. Cassie. Cassie Levy, thank you, is no longer part of it. I have no reason to go mm-hmm. now that she no longer is in the play. We had her on the show a while back. Once I talked to her, I was ready to go to New York, but she only had like two days left. Yeah. Is she moving on to a different play then? I think so. Yeah. I think so. She's done a hu- uh, way more than I had ever known yeah. that she had yes. been. I mean, she's an unbelievably talented. talented woman, performer, everything. I mean, she's just, uh, and and uh, very, very, I mean, if you go to 900chml.com and go to shows and go to the Scott Radley show page, you can find the podcast of our chat with her from about a month ago and just a very pleasant, very charming, very friendly, not big headed. I mean, you know, she's like a Broadway star mm-hmm. and I mean, a legitimate, we're, we're in Hamilton. She headlines, yeah. We're in Hamilton. We tend to poo poo. Oh, if they're from Hamilton, they're probably, no, no. Like she is a huge star in that world and you would never know it. Anyway, good for her. Good to know. There is a place in West Virginia that you've never been to. I'm quite positive. Although yeah. I have never checked your travel log, Test but I'm me on this one. Green Bank, West Virginia. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why Green Bank, West Virginia is an interesting place or is a unique place. It is a town where Wi-Fi and all iPhones and any kind of internet cellular technology is banned because it's the home of the Green Bank Observatory, which is the world's largest fully steerable radio telescope and any kind of interference was screw up this system they've got going. So in there's a 13,000 square mile area called the National Radio Quiet Zone. No computers, no internet, no cell phones, no Wi-Fi in that area. Does that to you, Annette Holm, sound like a horrible, horrible, no. disastrous thing? Nope. Or does that sound like utopia? No. Do you know, last trip we went on, it was a cruise and I put my phone in the safe and I didn't touch it for 10 days. It was blissful. Well, that's because Wi-Fi on a, on a cruise ship is exorbitantly expensive. You could pay for two more people to cruise <gasps> for two hours yeah. of, of but Wi-Fi. But it was nice because I, didn't, I yes. didn't care what was going on. I was on vacation. But could you do that in perpetuity? 10 days? Okay, that's great. Yeah. Could you do it for five months? No. Could you? I, I, see, I think I could. I think if I could, not if, I, not if I'm doing a show like this and I have to know what's going on yes. and things like that, but if I was just Joe Schmo and I could be doing whatever and I didn't have to, and I mean, I'm assuming they still have TV and radio and things. I don't, I don't know. doesn't say. I, I, I'm assuming the Wi-Fi signal is on a different wavelength from TV, so... I, I, it doesn't say here that all modern technology is banned. Just they talk about Wi-Fi and cellular. How long has stuff. that thing been there? I. How have we never heard of this before? 
I don't know. Now, it's a very small area. It's got a 13,000, when I say small area, it's a 13,000 square mile area, but there's only 143 people living in that zone. Probably because... And we never see them on social media. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. It's a long drive to get to where you can turn on your phone. I have no signal. I, I, I would be okay. I'm with you. I would be okay. In, in fact, when we go on trips, if my, f- if my camera was now not my phone. Yes. Yeah. Which becomes a problem because now you've got your, you need to have your phone because you're going to take pictures. And as soon as you've got your phone in your hand, it's like, well, I better check. And so, but if I could tuck it away. And, and here's the thing. I think a lot of people would say the same thing. Maybe not those under 15, but if. For people who are in the working world who deal with stuff nonstop, I, I think the idea of going into a no technology zone would be delightful for people for a while. How do we get our Amber Alerts, though? Circling back to that. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, do you, do you think that most, many, I don't know what word you would use, people would find this refreshing or would find this? I think most people would find it frustrating. Like, why would you go there? That's See, that's my question. I, I think a lot of people would say that I'd be fine with this. And then when you couldn't check your phone or you couldn't, I mean, think of how, and, I, and you don't really think of it because we're so used to it now. We're just, it's life. But how things have changed since the 90s even? I was going to mm-hmm. say the 80s. They, I mean, when we were kids, for, I don't know how my parents got by and I don't mean in their life, but now we know where our kids are or can reach them 24 yes. hours a day. When I went off to my friend's house and they had to either call my friend's house or wait for me to get home or go out in the front yard, front step and yell for me. And I grew up in the country, so I'd be out in the woods somewhere and my parents wouldn't know. But you just knew that, and we didn't even have streetlights, so you have to come <laughs> on by the time the streetlights come home, it's still- you have to, you knew to come home before dark. But in 2020, if your parents allowed you to do that, they yeah. probably have children's aid on yeah. their front door. I, not that, I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. That's, that was, that was, we all did that. But how you start to think of the way that we're different now, that we have the ability mm-hmm. to talk to our kids at any moment immediately. Right. Like, what if you don't have your phone and I can't text you? What if my car breaks down? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I thought that too because uh, there's been times where um, I'll I'll go somewhere and I'll get in the car and I'll realize, oh, my car or my phone is is still at home. I'm like – and I have to think, am I going to be okay? It's like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. I drove for many, many years without a phone in my car. What if there are four minutes where I don't have anything to do and I can't watch a YouTube video? (laughs) To fill that Bring empty space. <laughs> I bet their library is hopping. Because <laughs> if you can't, if you can't do anything else, and, and that was what a lot of people would say, that millennials would probably hate this place more than anywhere else on the planet, I would think. Because they don't know a life without exactly. a Exactly. Yeah. It's not that they're idiots, not that not that at all, or not that they can't. I wonder, is there anything that we knew growing up that our parents didn't, didn't like we took for granted? Well, let's go two generations, all right? Okay. Because if we say millennials, I think there's a, a, I don't know how many generations there are between us and them. But anyway, our grandparents, some of them probably didn't have bathrooms in the house. That's right. I could never fathom the concept of going outside to pee in the middle of winter. Yeah. 
I've always had a bathroom in my house. I don't know if it's a great example, but it's one of the examples of I think that's a, a very a car, good example. Yeah. A car. Um, and that everybody had their own car, right? Not you, even have to share, share, wait till somebody gets home, till you can use the car. Yes. Th- at the very beginning of the show, if you're just tuning in, Annette's Twitter handle was boasting that she could come, she, she was great at recalling lyrics. And so we tested her. And one of the lyrics that we gave her, which was from Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, talks about color TV. Yes. I, we had in our house as kids a black and white TV. I, I now, remember, we had color TV as well, but we had a black and white still in the house. I remember when my grandparents got their color TV because they got one before we did. And I was like, this, this is the, wow, this is the absolute best. And I'm, you know, this is, if you told kids today, and we really sound old, but oh, I told kids today. But <laughs> Get off you, my lawn. If you told a 15-year-old today that there used to be black and white televisions. Yeah. Oh, we had we had an example. Um, our our power went out at the station uh, a few weeks ago, and somebody was like, "Well, how do we put a show together?" And it's like, "Well, we used to do that without computers all the time." Just you use know? your phone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, but the point of this is not to talk about how young people are idiots or how old we are or any of this stuff. It's just that if you have grown completely used to, if, if the only thing you've ever known is this and yes. you then take this away, you're going to be probably hating it or startled by how life is. So you go to Green Bank, West Virginia, where you can't have Wi-Fi, you can't have cell phones, you can't have this stuff. How do you possibly do Function. life? Yeah. How do you do, I mean, think of just all the things that have to run on Wi-Fi, any, any uh, credit card machine. I guess they can't have those because those are hooked up by computer lines or Wi-Fi or something to, uh, I, I'd, I'd be all for it. I would, my How did you dr- find out about that place? I read a story that popped up on my, um, popped up somewhere and I was reading this and I went, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not hating the sound of that. I'm, I would, my dream, my wife thinks I've completely lost my marbles, which I probably have, but my dream is to own a private island. Where for now, I mean, I've, you know, I'm a little busy, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Is this your Lotto Max dream? This probably would be where <laughs> I can just go and you know what? No one's around. You can turn off your phone. You can just have nothing going on. And I would probably after three to four weeks be out of my mind. But for those three to four weeks, it would be glorious. It's glorious. It would be bliss. It would be bliss. I'm wondering if the people in Green Bank though are at the point where they just are desperate to get out of there so we can finally hook up with the rest of, not hook up, but connect with. Do they know it's outside? <laughs> Maybe. It, it, could be <laughs> like Jim, it could be like Jim Carrey in the Truman Show. Yes. <laughs> really? There's a world? <laughs> I didn't know. Well, that, that'll be a good test. One of these days we'll send someone in and explore. Indiana Jones will be sent into Green Bank to, <laughs> to make contact. You're from the future. <laughs> That's right. What is that? It's a talking television in your hand. <laughs> yes, the, the the visitors from the future. That'd be great. Uh, anyway, you can find the story if you're looking. To, if you want to read about this place, uh, I don't even know what website this is. D n y u z dot com. D n y u z. I have no idea where it's from. Dot com. Uh, no cell signal. No Wi-Fi. No problem. Growing up inside America's quiet zone. Would this be 
something that you would like or something that would absolutely make you lose your mind if you could not be connected to the worldwide interwebs. Send me a note, radley at 900chml.com. We'd love to hear from you. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900chml. So we've covered the fact that you're the news anchor from your Twitter feed. We've covered a lot of stuff. We've covered the fact that you can recall song lyrics. The third thing you say in there is your passion for Disney, which anyone who knows you, uh, Annette is not your average fan of Disney. Uh, Fair to say? Fair. Not your average. I'm a late Disney bloomer, though. Yeah, but you are... I've been there a few times. A few times. I'm trying to think of, <laughs> Annette is an extreme fan, and that's fine. That's a good thing. Of all no, the, I would say, Daniel, I say my husband is an extreme fan. Of all the things that you could spend your time or fandom on, I would say Disney is as good and as harmless and as positive as anything, right? There's no, uh, you know, you could have been a fan of crack. You chose Disney instead. Probably more expensive. <laughs> Speaking of that... I was reading, was it, you probably saw this. I'm sure you saw this a number of weeks ago that Disney, some Disney tickets now have reached 200. Now it's not every Disney ticket, but certain times of year. Because they have peak times now. And this is if you just, um, if you buy a one day pass. Because the prices go down per day if you buy more and more and more. But for one day, for some times of the year, a Disney ticket can be $200 US. Yes. I shocked viewers because we ran that story and I'm like, okay, that is my tipping point. I wouldn't go. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is there is there such a thing yeah. as too high a price yeah. for a theme park? That, and that's and you think of what Walt wanted, right? What would Walt have wanted? He wanted a place where families could go. What family could do that? Because well, you don't get a child discount at at Disney, right? Well, I think up until about you're about three. 6 months old. Oh, yeah, two, I, I think three? it's 3 years old. Okay. And really, do you, I'm sorry, I'm going to insult a lot of people by saying this who have done this, but is it really wise to take your kid to Disney before you're three? I'm sorry. I I would argue absolutely not. not. I would absolutely argue. No. You know what? They don't remember it. They get tired and overheated within a few hours and they just want to go back and have a nap and swim at the pool. And you spent $200, not not always, but anyway, I, I heard we have this. an annual pass, so it works out as many days during the year that we go. I think it works out to be $18 a day, Daniel figured out. See, that's, 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 that's quite a bargain. That is great. <laughs> but 200 and I'm thinking, okay, if di- I don't know if the other parks, not just in Florida, but around the world, even Canada's Wonderland and stuff, I don't know if any of them take cues from Disney World. I'm sure they have to. I'm sure all the parks... Everywhere. The ones in Ohio. What's the one in Ohio? Uh, Is it Six Flags? Six Flags and all the ones. And there's a bunch of them all over. They all have to be watching. Disney is the king of the theme parks. They have to be watching and saying, if they can get people in there, we can raise our prices a little. I mean, this has to have an impact, I would think. I would think so, too. In that line of work, why would you not be checking to see what other ones? But So 200 is the tipping point for you. Yeah. You wouldn't go if you had to pay $200? If I had to pay $200 a day, no. And you know, the worst part about this, I suppose, although they will argue that part of, and they did argue that part of the reason they've driven the prices to this point is to deter some people from coming so they'll come another time. But Mm -hmm. if this is because this is the 
most what's the word they use the um it's peak peak season thank you that means the most number of people are going to be in there if you've ever been we were down at disney just before christmas at the very beginning of peak season one day we were there for what seemed to be you're going to pay $200 in order to wait in lines it seems yeah. like the opposite of a good idea yes I was at Disneyland a few years ago, and we didn't know that it was their spring break, and they <laughs> they closed the park to to anyone else coming in, and we were already in the park, and it was it was not enjoyable. We w- you couldn't you couldn't even move. I believe it. Well, we have friends who made a boo boo once upon a time. They may be listening. They'll know who they are. Um, they decided that they were going to go on the July 4th week. Oh. That was the first mistake. They didn't realize just how busy, because they kind of thought. Because the thu- summertime is, is very busy. They thought, it's July 4th. No one's going to go to Disney. They're going to oh. stay home and have their parties at oh. home and their barbecues. So first of all, they made the mistake of booking for that week. And they booked about eight months ahead. And discovered several weeks after they locked down all their payments that she was pregnant. Oh. So they were there with a yeah. two or three week old baby on July 4th week. And I just remember some of the stories that they told of- I bet there was crying at Disney. Not being able to move. <laughs> we but, always say, oh, there's no crying at Disney. Oh, well, there's some. <laughs> we saw- some. I know there's lots. <laughs> and we watched this year, rather than watching the ball drop at New York City, because I've become totally bored with that on mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, I don't, again, I'm- betraying my age, but 98% of the people who are performing, I have never heard of them before. Sorry. Anyway, we watched the streaming of the fireworks at Disney World this year, and they showed this high shot of the whole park, and it looked like every single person in the state of Florida had descended on Walt Disney World. Because this year, there were some parks that at 9.30 at the morning were in the morning were already at capacity. You couldn't get to, because Magic Kingdom is the one that fills up first, and then everybody was going to st- uh, the studios where the Star Wars stuff is. And that was two, filling up. Now, I don't know if the one, I don't, think, I don't think it's the Florida parks, but $200. Would you spend, this is, the, this is the amazing thing to me, though, about not just Disney. Disney's a perfect example because they are the name brand. They are, mm-hmm. you know, Kleenex is a name brand for tissue, but everyone calls it Kleenex. Well, theme parks are like Disney. Yeah. And I guess they can pretty much almost do, and they're kind of like Maple Leaf tickets. People, we can keep raising the prices until mm-hmm. people say they're not going to come. But do you think that people are not going to go because tickets are $200? I don't think so. No. I Because think- then people might go, well, gee, if they're charging that much, what do they have there if you've, if you've never been? And if they're charging that much, well, no one else is going to be there. So we'll have the whole place to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Anyway, I was, I was, I was kind of stunned. I mean, I, I love Disney. The family loves Disney. We would go back in a second. But when you start to look at those prices, you think, wow, that is, that is, that is some stunning money that they, uh, I'll, I'll give Disney this. And I say this in the most loving way possible. They are maybe the best in the world at knowing how to separate people from their money. From their money. That mouse, that mouse always got his hand in your pocket. When you go into some of the stores <laughs> on site, there is the Every most, ride ends in a theme. Yes. <laughs> Every ride ends in a gift shop. <laughs> that is filled with the most absolutely useless stuff. And we've bought it. 
my wife is the sober one when it comes to this because as we're walking through, she will always say, this out, this thing looks fine when you wear it here. But when you wear it home, you'll never have it at home. <laughs> and they've, they have literally – I would the one thing I would love to see about Walt Disney Corporation is the building, the offices where they have the people who are coming up with the merchandise. Because I don't think I'm exaggerating by saying if you go on their website or in the parks, there are probably 10,000 different styles of T-shirts. Like every day mm-hmm. they must be creating 50 new – or, or something new that the kids have to have, like the the lightsabers or the bubble, the bubble machines, or that. For a while, for many years, they had these little twisty things where something kids held in their hand. You press a button, and then it lights up and it glows in the dark. And everybody had to have those things. That, yes, and then as soon as you get home, what do you do with it? Yeah, it goes in the closet, and eventually, it's in a garage sale. Mm-hmm. But Disney got their twenty-five or thirty or fifty or good for them, I suppose. We love keep going them. back, though. We love them, but it's, uh, boy, $200 I per... think, actually, that is where you and I met. We were on a media trip. It may well have been. I think I think you're probably right. I remember and, it um, well. It was at the Contemporary Hotel. Yes, I don't know if that was where I first met you. I mean, it, certainly we were both there. I remember being there. It's where we really bonded. There we go. Yes. Um, I just don't know if 200 bucks U.S. times four people in the family... With a Canadian exchange, that's like a thousand dollars a day. A day, more than a thousand. And that's just to get in. That's just to get in. That's not eating, and it's not cheap to eat there. And it's not buying your little bubble maker. Yep. That apparently is re- Jimmy's bubble re- maker. Is required. <laughs> uh, and at home, we always love having you coming in. Thanks for I doing love this. Coming in. Excellent. We will do this again for sure. Thank you. And you can catch Annette at some unearthly hour of the morning on Monday when she's back. Actually, in. I'm on holiday on Monday. Going to Disney? Can, no. 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 Going snowmobiling. Oh. Yeah. The opposite of Disney. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, someday down the road Thursday. you can catch. Okay. Thursday. I'll Thursday. Be Annette will be back up at 2.30 in the morning and Bob Cowan will be drinking, drinking whiskey at 6 a.m. So, <laughs> or something like that. Something. You'll be spilling something. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.